Well, what is up, everybody? It's Coach Megan. Welcome to the Powerhouse Podcast. And I am so incredibly excited to have a dear friend of mine on the podcast this week. She is the founder and CEO of Holly's Healthy Holes. Holly Wiest, a native to the Midwest area now that lives in Omaha. And uh, the best thing about her, she makes gluten-free, dairy-free donuts. And they actually taste amazing. So today on the podcast, the reason why I had her on is because she has an absolutely incredible story when it comes to overcoming an eating disorder, really working on that mind-body connection, working through failure. You guys get to hear all of that. She fueled that into a successful bodybuilding career and then how she eventually started her company. We talk about some really deep things and I just love specifically, you'll hear me marvel at her language. She does such a great job at just using really loving and craft craftful words to be able to elicit the kinds of concepts that fueled her to her incredible success. They're about to go nationwide as a company. She is absolutely a powerhouse. I'm so honored to have her on the podcast. So tune in and here is Holly. Well, hello everybody and welcome to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with Holly Wiest. And if you are in the Omaha area, you definitely know who she is. She's the founder of Holly's Healthy Holes, um, a bakery that creates the greatest donuts in the entire world that are gluten dairy free and I eat them all the time. Thank you so much, Holly, for being on the podcast. Oh my gosh, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. I love that intro. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to dive right in um, so people can hear just how much of an absolute trailblazer you are. Why don't you just start with telling us how the heck did you get into all of this? What is Holly Healthy Holly's Healthy Holes? Why did you name it that? How did you get into the baking world? Tell us your origin story because it's so awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's kind of a fun, a fun name to toss around. So we can definitely touch on the origin story behind the name, but, but thanks for asking me about my story, because like you said, it's really important to me to be able to share this story. It's today. My story is like not where my shame is anymore. It used to be really hard to talk about some of these things, but today it's my power source and it's what allows me to connect to other women and, um, and to, and, accomplish my mission, which is basically to, um, yeah, to connect with other women about their health and to empower them on their own journeys. So if I can shed a little bit of light about how I got to where I got to today, um, then I just appreciate that platform. Um, but yeah, I grew up in rural Iowa, really small town, nothing really significant happened there. Um, but I was diagnosed with my eating disorder when I was 12 and 13 and started treatment then. Um, fast forward a little bit because I don't always see um, a, a positive use to sharing too many details about people's personal journeys with their eating disorders, but rather um, their recovery and where they are today and how they made that transition possible. Um, but today, uh, or sorry, Fast forward a little bit from my original diagnosis, I, um, I enlisted active duty in the United States Marine Corps when I was 17 and served um, on Camp Pendleton in California as an administrative specialist. So that time was um, really transformative for me, um, and I had a lot of really positive experiences experiences there serving in the military, but I also had some negative experiences that just really lit up and aggravated my eating disorder. I didn't have a lot of um, coping mechanisms in place. So, um, so that was pretty catastrophic for me. That experience caused me to go back into treatment where I spent the next four years trying to figure out like what 
did I really need in order to be living a fulfilled life that would enable me to step outside of these cycles and patterns that I saw that I was continuing to have to go through. Um, so in treatment, we did a lot of looking at, yeah, like how are you going to live a fulfilled life and what does a really meaningful life look like to you? And I realized that what I really wanted was to be able to connect with women about my story and to make that darkness that I had experienced more fruitful. Um, and so I gained like just a passion for food and fitness and nutrition. I started bodybuilding when I was 20 years old. Um, and that was a healing experience. If I ever had one bodybuilding for me was just a whole world opening up with that that it would be a place that's healthy to focus on your food and your body. So a place where it's more applauded and like even congratulated to make changes to your body and to have discipline over the foods that you're eating and the training that you're doing. Um, so that was healing for me. And during that time in bodybuilding, I started um, messing around with whey protein and um, playing around with my meal preps. So if you've ever done like a meal prep or like a body recomposition, you probably have been eating whey protein and that stuff can get really boring and really disgusting. So yeah, I just got like tired of all of the protein shakes and starting messing around with whey protein. And that was like bodybuilding.com days. We were sharing a lot of information on the forums there about alternative foods and how to make replacements and stuff. So, um, so I was baking and cooking and practicing a flexible diet. And I wanted to bring all of those things together and impact other women. So I didn't know what that would look like. Um, but I knew that it, I knew what it would feel like just from all of the treatment and, and exactly and knowing exactly what I wanted to do to be fulfilled in my career. So I knew that it would feel a certain way, but I wanted to try on a bunch of different things to find out how am I going to connect with other women? How am I going to help them? How am I going to spread this message of balance? and all the great things that flexible dieting has taught me um, and, what, and what, what can I do to help um, accomplish that mission. So, um, so then I was training, personal training and health coaching. So began um, a journey as a certified holistic health coach and a certified personal trainer. And for me, that was just like a great place to to have conversations. So really it was like an excuse to be able to health coach people and build them meal plans. And along the way there, I um, was baking for them just like in my free time. So that was just another part of um, creating relationships with people and empowering them on their own health journey um, to be able to bake for them um, and bringing those donuts to the commercial gym that I worked at. They were just received really well. Um, so that presented itself as maybe the most organic and authentic way that I would be able to impact other women. Maybe I just bake for them. Maybe we get to jam out about like what kind of foods you love while we're eating donuts and why do you love those foods and what works for you and how can I make these donuts fit into what your idea about a healthy lifestyle is just a place to have those conversations. So I feel so blessed today to have this space. You know, I've been really intentional along the way to share that story and, and 
it's shown up in the world as a community of like-minded individuals that have some common interests. So like on our Instagram page and in our business and even in our staff, we're just groups of women that like to talk about, you know, flexible dieting and more balance in our lives and, um, and girl power and small business and the whole movement to keep local alive. So these are just some common interests um, that we've built over time by being intentional about, about our authenticity. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I actually didn't know that a lot of your origin story was based off an eating disorder. And I don't know if you know, that's, that's like a huge part of my story too. Um, so, and unfortunately, right, like it's, it's one of the biggest killing diseases actually in America and astonishingly for, for men as well. So, I mean, I didn't even know that. Um, but I, I love that because so many girls listening and so many of my audience has unfortunately struggled with that. So before we kind of get into more of the business stuff, I'd love to, uh, go back a little bit and, uh, I just really want to know this. So how did you, I think a lot of people listening, their first thought might be, well, you know, bodybuilding is a lot like pageants. Like it's all just about the external and it's so superficial. And how in the world did that help you? Like, wouldn't that hurt your eating disorder? Wouldn't that take you into more of a, uh, a sense of control, right? Cause a lot of eating disorders are about control. So how did that actually provide freedom for you as opposed, and, and why do you think that that was so liberating rather than sending you actually down like a darker spiral, um, through flexible dieting and, and things like that? Yeah, that's such a great question and a really important connection to make because I experienced that same um, change in my mind and and all of that, those questions were happening for me the whole time. So I was um, I was blessed in that when I started bodybuilding, um, I was in like a really low place. So for me, those initial first three to five years of training and eating with intention, I was able to you know gain weight and come to peace with my body as a growing as a growing thing, um, and, and love that process and love and understand so many of the processes that my body was like really good at. And that for me, like replaced other, other pieces of worth that I had placed in my body. So that was the healing part I think was like, Oh, I can, I can change my body in a healthy way. I can, I can eat with a goal to change my body, but it can be, to grow instead of to shrink myself. So I realized that I could have a healthier relationship with food than I had before, but it didn't take long for me to realize that, like you said, it was just another manifestation of my eating disorder. So it was going to be another way that I was placing a lot of worth in my body and the aesthetics and how I show up in the world physically. So I realized if I was going to continue healing and being healthy and, and being apart from my eating disorder, then I was going to have to create space between me and the sport of bodybuilding. And that that's because, like you said, you're putting your body on stage in order to be judged by other humans. And we're all human. So I wasn't interested in that anymore. I knew that in order to keep healing, I needed to move forward and use that experience as a way to um, create more healing for other people and for myself. So it was kind of like really significant um, that I could gain weight, but it also was um, 
it also was just that I, I was learning to listen to my body and to like honor all the messages and, and just a general understanding was gained, like a general understanding of nutrition, like what macronutrients are, what it means to eat according to those macros. Um, and also to have like a general appreciation for my body and what it means to grow. Um, so I did gain like a less limited mindset about food. And I also more importantly gained a passion that has today led me to my purpose. Yeah, absolutely. That's so beautiful and so important. And I think breaking those stereotypes, sometimes you just have to, um, you have to live and like by our actions, we inherently break them way more than us ever just like telling somebody like, I want to break a stereotype. It's like, well, get to work, you know? So how did you, um, how did you end up like deciding that you wanted to go the gluten-free kind of dairy free, you know, the kind of alternative donut method and what has been, have you been surprised by anything? Thing in terms of like people latching on who aren't necessarily in like the vegan community or the gluten-free community like what have, what has surprised you along the way and how did you end up deciding that that's what you want to do for your company? yeah oh my gosh um so there is just like a whole piece of 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 what i do that's completely surrounded by what how do I say this? What it means to empower women on their health journey means that I'm just asking you questions. Like I'm not here to like teach you about what healthy is. And I don't usually talk about what I do, um, in, in my own dietary theories or anything like that, or what I, what I practice, because I think the point is that I want to ask you questions and start conversations and find out what you think is healthy and why. And then I, like I said, I want to find out how the donuts can fit into there, what I can make that kind of like fits in and enables you to continue doing that thing that whatever works for you. But for me, and, and it is important to share this because then it, it shows women that it's just all a journey and a practice. Like self-love, I think, is not this like thing that you accomplish one day you wake up and you're like, oh, I just love myself. I don't think that that's possible. <laughs> I think what happens is you fall in love with the process of, of caring for yourself and you create these habits along the way. Like you just like yoga or running or like coaching or starting a business. It's all a practice. It's all daily, you know, steps that you're taking and you're making them habitual. So, um, so like with, with like your diet and self-love, how those two things are connected is like, I'm going to try a diet. I'm going to read about it. I'm going to see if this might fit for me and I'm going to listen to my body and all the messages that she's giving me along the way. And I'm going to take notes and I'm going to gather data and I'm going to treat it like my own science experiment just for me as an individual, because it's not going to look like anyone else's. But the important part is that I'm honoring those messages and kind of like pivoting along the way. So, so like if you're trying gluten-free and you're miserable, like there should be some sort of like asterisk along the way that says, no, don't do it if you don't like it, or it's not working for you or something happens, like just honoring that individual journey. Um, so 
you can't fail at a diet that you make for yourself. I think it's important to like build your own diet that works for you because if you're, if you're practicing something because you heard someone else doing it, or you read a book about some of your favorite Instagrammers doing that thing and you're miserable, like that defeats the whole purpose, you know, and you're going to fail. And then you're going to create this like whole belief in your head that it's because you weren't good enough or you did something wrong. And that's where food, like that's the whole diet culture that we're trying to eliminate. So, so yeah, like dairy free and gluten free is just things that I've tried along the way, things that I've loved um, things that I typically practice, but I have a lot of flexibility in what I do because again, I don't want these like really super stagnant beliefs that are like black and white. Like I can't eat gluten or I can't eat dairy. I typically don't do those things. And if I do, I jump back on whatever makes me feel really, really good the next day. So, um, so for people that are practicing those um, those specific dietary practices, I would say like more power to you. I don't think you're right. And I don't think you're wrong. And I would say that to anyone across the board, I would say like, girl, good on you. You're not harming anyone. And like, let's come eat a donut. Cause I got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. And I, I'm paying really close attention, Holly, to like the words that you use specifically. Um, which I think is so healing, like even the way that you use words like practice and you just, yeah, this is going to be such a blessing to people listening because I think it, it's hard. I mean, no one teaches you how to listen to your body. Like you don't learn that in school. And if you don't have parents who teach you that, then you're going to be informed by social media that tells you to fit a certain narrative or for certain aesthetic. And like you said, if you're, if you try that on and that doesn't work for you, then immediately you could turn back in the mirror and be like, well, I'm not good enough. Like, I love how you said that. So one of the things I heard you say specifically is you said you can't fail a diet. Um, and so I'd love to know, um, what kind of that word failure has looked like for you as you've been growing a business the past couple of years. Um, if you can't fail a diet, then what can you fail? And what does that mean? Is failure final? You know, just, I, I think it's such an interesting question to ask entrepreneurs. <laughs> Yeah, I think that is an interesting question because it can apply to everything. It, this whole theory that I have about failure has to do with what I've learned on my health journey. And it also has to do with what I'm learning now in my journey as an entrepreneur. But I think failure, it's really a matter of how you choose to look at your failure more than anything else are you going to be overwhelmed by the fact that you failed and that's the belief that you have about that experience and then that's what you carry forward? That's harmful more than anything. Or do you look at failure just like another sign, another signal um, from the universe or from your higher power and from God telling you that direction? It's not for you. We have something better for you. It's just like markers along the road. So like I failed at so many things uh, in my health journey that have like, I failed at bodybuilding. Like I'm, I was in the national physique committee for six years. I was a nationally qualified bodybuilder and I had such a fire and such a passion for what I was doing. And I wasn't good enough. Like no matter what I did, it wasn't what the judges were looking for. And I was going to, if I continued down that journey, I was going to harm myself, harm my body, harm my worth, my mental health, like all of those things were suffering. So I needed to listen to that sign, that message that was presented to me and use it as just a way to pivot. And in business, the same thing, like, um, 
if I have a really great idea for a product or, or something that I would like to like explore in our business for our customers and it kind of just like flops or is a waste of time. Usually I'm adamant about like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you that it's going to work and I'm going to like put all of my eggs in the basket usually. And like, make it work. And if it doesn't work, it's just moments where I have to say, okay, that didn't work. Like I have to accept the fact that that was a failure. I can't just be caught up in the fact like, dang, like I just lost a lot of money. And like, I was wrong. Like I was wrong. Instead I can look at it like, cool. Now I know that's not for us. What's the next thing? How do I move forward? Yeah, that's super good. And specifically, I think one of the things that we learn as action takers, whether you are doing that in a bodybuilding sense or a a pageant, like a lot of my listeners are, or building a business. I think one of the hardest things is separating your identity from what you do. So what was that process like where you had to come to terms? I think it's, I mean, that's, it's so profound that you'd like just said that, but then breaking that down, like, how did you do that? How did you accept defeat in a sense and not think that you were a defeat like what was that process of working in your mind and picking yourself back up and getting a new dream how did you do that um long and slow (laughs) and um and it definitely is not instant but I have a deep a deep appreciation for like introspection. So I think a lot of that came from the amount of time that I spent in treatment and in therapy. Like I was gifted just the time and place to be able to like look inward about what was going on rather than um, putting all of all of the value in what was going on out in the world, which is like the things that I can't control. So I can control me. So I knew that that's just like a base basic knowledge that I had, um, and, and to be defeated, like again and again, like in my story is just failure after failure after failure. And like, that's why I want to share it, you know, because there's women out there that are failing right now that just want to know, does anyone like get on top ever? Like do, these girls just had it made from the beginning, like Megan Swanson, she's Miss Nebraska and like all she just has it made. It's like, no, you need to know about all the ways that I screwed this up. You need to know that I made the choice. I made the choice to look at my failure and learn from it and not like get over it, but it is a decision. It is a decision to, um, to move forward and continue growing rather than to be stagnant and stuck where you're at. I mean, I don't know a simpler way to put it, but, um, but yeah, making the choice and then putting in the work, like it's so important that you know that it's all, yeah, it's completely dependent on the amount of time and energy that you put into it because where your focus is, is where the growth is. Yeah. So good. That is a word, Holly. I'm so excited. I'm just like imagining all the comments I'm going to get from girls who are going to be like, I listened to this episode and this is just, this is fire. I'm like, (laughs) love it. So, okay. You've been in business for how many years now? We're in our third year. Okay. Awesome. So what have been some of the major things that you've learned along the way and where is Holly's healthy holes headed in the future? I think I should say we're in our fourth year. We're going to turn, um, 
<laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna turn three in July. Sorry. Turning three in July. I, I hear that powerhouse turns five in June. I'm always like, what? <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah, what? Like, what is so, I know oh. it's because we're in it all the time. I'm like, what day is it? <laughs> and the question is, um, like, what have I learned along the way? And like, what would I like to share? Yeah. And then where where is Holly's healthy holes headed? Oh my gosh. Okay. This is such a fun question. Um, things, three things that I think that I've learned along the way that I just want to touch on is the speed and rate that I've decided to move. And that's also something that I've like, I'm still learning. Um, the fact that we have been like a very lean startup, um, and like what financial health really means and, um, and being authentic and like, yeah, just being very authentic along the way. So, um, pace meaning, okay, there's this huge um, conversation being had about like, how do you take care of yourself and like honor, like when you're tired. And then all I'm hearing about these entrepreneurs is like, go, go, go. Don't quit. You need to keep going even when you get tired. So like, what is the balance between those things? And I think that the most important thing is is setting a steady pace where you can do both, where you can really honor those messages, but it's like a marathon. It's not a sprint. So you have to find the time to um, sustain yourself by hiring help, by seeking um, advice from your mentors, by paying staff to help you um, and saying no, like practice the art of saying no to all the things so that you can remain focused on your one thing. Um, But also like, it's true. You do need to keep going. Like you cannot stop and you can't let up and get tired. Like there's definitely a balance there, but, um, um, but, but just like when you're growing a muscle and you're doing like those last couple reps and you're like, no, I cannot do this last rep. That is the moment where your muscle grows. So you do need to do that last rep. You do need to get up at 5 a.m. again because you didn't sleep the night before and you do need to do your work and just go deep in that work. Right. So that's like the pace part is that like I'm learning to respect the slow growth of my business, but I'm also being like consistent in the daily actions that I'm taking to make it happen. And then touching on the fact that we are like bootstrapping bootstraps kind of business. Like we started, I see all these businesses out there that just, you know, get a lot of capital from however they get capital. Like, I don't really know, but you're getting a lot of money and you're starting a business because you have this great idea and you buy all the things and you have this beautiful store and you open your doors and you're like, cool, come buy me so I can like pay off my loan and show the bank that I'm going to be a viable business. That sounds like a nightmare to me. Maybe it works for some people, but I think that it's possible. I know that it's possible. I know that it's possible to start from the bottom. Like when I started, I was, you know, driving donuts around for free everywhere in Omaha once a week. And I was making the donuts in my apartment with my two cats. And the only thing that I could do was save enough money from each of those sales to buy one bulk ingredient at a time. That's how I started one bulk ingredient at a time until I couldn't fit the bulk ingredients in my apartment anymore. And I needed to find a kitchen. Okay. Now I have a kitchen. I need to fill my schedule. Now I have a schedule and I can't keep up. I need to hire staff. Now I have staff and they know all the systems. What's the next thing now? Holly's healthy holes can move forward because we've done all of those. Um, like things that we focused on along the way during that whole pace thing, branding, um, our product, making our product perfect. 
and making all of those systems that I mentioned absolutely perfect and, um, and being really clear on our voice and our mission um, in our branding and then being like super obsessed with my community and like, how can I connect with people and like, how can I give them exactly what they're looking for? How do I listen to them? How do I serve them? All of those things go into like how I'm serving my community. So that's how I, that's what I've been focused on um, in the last like three years, like you said, and that's what, I've been like trying to figure out the whole pace in, um, but we've been super lean that whole time. Like we are just, like I said, bootstrapping bootstraps and it's possible. It's totally possible. So, um, and then the last piece that I mentioned is just like being authentic. Like I said, I try to, again, create balance because if I was going to give my company like um, a philosophy, I would say balance, but but like, I'm trying to be balanced in like how open I am on social media about everything that entails, you know, being an entrepreneur and whatever I'm doing, <laughs> but also like being professional and, and making sure my brand is presented in a way that anyone can, you know, read a post and understand exactly what we're doing here. Um, and they don't get distracted by all the other noise that is that is like a lot of other companies are doing or that I've done along the way. So being authentic about my story, but also being just hyper-focused. So those are things, yeah, that I've like learned along the way. And, and I'm so passionate about having conversations with other women about, yeah, like what steps did you take uh, to, to get to where you are? Because that's all I do, Megan. Like I listen to podcasts all day, every day when I'm in the kitchen and I'm driving and going to meetings, like this is the, where the magic happens is sharing our stories and circles of women and not being like, you know, selfish or like, you know, territorial about information and experiences. Like your job is to like own your story, but, um, but your joy to the world and like your gift to the world is sharing that. So I think, I think we have to do both. Absolutely. So good, Holly. You're so good. Like, this is awesome. Uh, our girls are going to love this. So where, um, couple things, let's look future and let's look a little bit into the past as we kind of close this out. So how was, how was getting through Corona this past year for a company like yours? Um, in terms of resiliency, what did you learn about yourself? How did you have to shift? And then we'll talk a little bit more about where Holly Selfie Holes is headed. Ah, uh, Yeah. Um, it's been a crazy year for everyone. I don't have to echo that anymore, but we, we feel so blessed that we haven't had the same experiences that a lot of companies have. And especially like brick and mortar companies are really suffering right now and they still are. Um, but we never have been a storefront or a standalone bakery. We're really unique in that we're an e-commerce bakery. Um, that was what our business plan was from day one. It's like you said, or sorry, like I said, it's super unique and people don't quite understand it, which is like a fallback, but, um, but we're blessed in that we didn't have to do too much pivoting. Like a lot of the pivoting that I did was like, um, giving up a lot of the like physical interaction pieces that we have. Like we did a lot of pop-ups and catering and events and all of that we had to let go of. And, and that was really hard. Like we lost all of those connections, but we really just reinvented them. Like we started doing a lot more things online, um, like whatever we could more giveaways with people in our communities, more collaborations with other small businesses, especially female owned small businesses. And, and also like spreading the message about other companies 
that were suffering and and how can we help them? So like starting conversations on our social media pages about like, what do small businesses need right now? How can we help? What does it mean to be kind? Like right now our job is to be kind and patient. Um, and that is what builds resilience, by the way, because when we look at each other with kindness and we go into it with just like this understanding that that person is probably going through some stuff you don't even know. They could have been building this business for 13 years and have nothing else going on for them. They could have had a loss in their life and you're going to be rude. Like that's out of the question. We have to go in with a general understanding of kindness because that, that eliminates all competition. If we know we're not competing against each other and we know that we just like love each other, that is resilience. That's how we move forward. So I think just like, um, yeah, supporting other small businesses and we're just going to continue trucking away at being one of the first e-commerce bakeries. And, and hopefully this continues to be a time that we can thrive and use this time when people are at home buying healthy foods for their kids, because like we're finally making food at home again. Like, heck yeah, I'm excited about it. And we want to be a part of that. We want you to, we want to make it easy and simple for you to feed your kids fun foods and for you to have delicious fun foods. So we're going to make that happen. We're going to start shipping nationwide. So heck yeah, I love it. Oh, that is so awesome. And again, I just like, I just appreciate the language that you use surrounding some of these topics. I think it just really brings a different perspective than kind of the, traditional way that we'd normally use words like resiliency and things like that. Um, and you know, we were very similar as an online company this past year. And I got asked that question a million times, how have you pivoted? And so I, you know, we're really blessed, like really, really lucky that we didn't have to like massively, you know, think about rent and all these different things, but same time you I mean when all of us go through crisis like you still have to pivot we have to pivot in our personal lives we have to pivot in our spiritual lives we have to pivot in our relationships you know and moving things like that so um, I think that's so incredibly important so my last question is you you mentioned it a little bit but where is Holly's Healthy Holes headed Um, what's your vision for the future of what you are allowed to tell us and uh, what are some dreams coming up for what you guys are doing Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're dreaming big. We've been dreaming big. If you've been following us on any of our social media channels, you know that I've been teasing and hinting at this and like making people want it. Um, Nationwide shipping, that's it. And and we're going to be able to reach so many people that have been interested in the donuts and following our brand and interested in supporting us as a female-owned company and interested in supporting their own health journeys through donuts that they never knew were possible. Like we've been waiting for this. And again, like back to being a small business and just understanding and respecting the pace of the growth that your business needs to grow in. It's been a journey. Like it's been like very frustrating and failure after failure along the way, just message after message about how are we going to make this possible? Um, and, and we're going to do it. Like sometimes people say, like do it now before, because it's never going to be perfect kind of thing, um, which is how I launched the brand anyway. And I really, 
I really think that's a powerful way to, to go about it. It's just like, do it and figure it out along the way. Like we're going to do it and we're going to make it perfect as we find the failures. So I think those mistakes that we're going to learn while we're shipping is how we're going to make it perfect for you. So we're really excited to bring you that option on our e-commerce bakery. You'll be able to order donuts online and have them shipped to your cousin in Texas or New York, anywhere. They'll be shipped right to your door safely with zero contact still. And, um, and they'll be cold and fresh when they get there. And, um, and our donuts are really unique because they're shelf stable in the fridge and you can freeze them and have healthy breakfasts and post-workouts for your whole week or month. So we're excited to bring you that option. And we really appreciate, again, your kindness and patience along the way while we figure those systems out. But you can sign up on our website for the newsletter because we're going to announce it. I'm just mentioning the newsletter because I constantly get, you know, the questions about like, can you ship today or today? And, um, and yeah, it's like, it's this close. It's this close. And we just really appreciate the patience, but we're going to announce it soon. So excited for that. That is so exciting. I will be your first customer, <laughs> even though I'm in Omaha. Um, <laughs> y'all, last week I screwed up and we were supposed to do this podcast last week for everybody listening. And Holly was so cute and sent me a <laughs> bunch of donuts. And I was like, well, now I feel like the worst human being on earth. <laughs> but literally your kindness is just, you're so mission minded. And I love it. I love how you live out your story and you live out your values. And um, just thank you so much for for being willing to share that with us today. And everybody go follow um, you on social media. And so Holly, um, just kind of in closing, I'd love for you to tell all of our listeners how they can find you and anything else that you want to encourage them in or tell them in before we go. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, You've built this beautiful platform, Megan, of women that are interested in growing themselves spiritually and in their personal development. And it's just a place of magic happening. Like I love listening to the podcast. It's been, um, it's been really, truly a blessing to watch all the things that you do and that you're doing with women and for women. So I appreciate you having me. This sort of platform is how I get to share the message of balanced eating eating and that um, and breaking the ideas behind diet culture and understanding that food can be more than what we think it can be just changing that whole paradigm about what a donut is is our joy and so I appreciate having the opportunity to share that Um, and yeah social media like we're really interactive on Instagram Um, we have a Facebook as well Um, we constantly post little perks there that you probably won't find other places like our flash sales Um, we do those a couple times a week and giveaways that we mentioned and then announcements like we're going to be dropping new products we always change the menu once a month but when we drop that shipping um, to be able to access so many more of our fans I think that will be a a pivotal time for us Um, so I'll be excited to see our new followers there on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Holly. We will put all of your information for social in the show notes. And with that, everybody, we will see you guys next week. 